0: Welcome in to
1: News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We didn't get everything we wanted, and I'm pleased to see today we were able to come together on a core infrastructure package and with the commitment from Republicans and Democrats alike that we're going to get this across the finish line. Tragic scenes of collapsed condominium complex, 12 story building, danger of additional collapse, 51 missing people. Your life, your values, your voice.
0: This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and
1: 1037.
0: All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Thursday, Political Trivia Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, tower collapsed down in Miami, the Champlain Towers Condominium. Now they're saying, as of 3 o'clock, that 99 people are reported missing. The 12 story condo built in Surfside, Florida was built in 1981. 40 years old, and it was due for a 40-year inspection. It is made of concrete and uh, reinforced steel. The building, they don't know why it collapsed. And uh, one person they know has passed away as a result. This was not a slum. I mean, this this is in the high-rent district. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump rented an apartment just a block away from this uh, tower that collapsed. Uh, this was th- th- the condos in this this tower sold for as much as nine hundred thousand dollars for a three bedroom condo. Six hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand dollars for uh, one of the units in this condo. So this was not some rundown, dilapidated building. That was in disrepair. This was very much high-end, even though it was 40 years old. I, you know, 40 years old is 40 years old, but I, you know, I wouldn't consider that so antiquated that it was due to fall down. It was within... Uh, you could see the Atlantic Ocean from the balconies on this uh, piece of property. So we'll continue to follow that right now. One person they know has lost their life, 99 missing. Unfortunately, I don't want to be sound negative, but that, that's not a good report at this point for, for 99 people to be uh, missing. We will get to the uh, infrastructure, pa- infrastructure package in a little bit. Doing a report first, though. The Carolina Journal is reporting checks on the governor's emergency powers were included in the Senate budget proposal we talked about two days ago. Benny talked with uh, Senator Perry about it a little bit more in a little more detail yesterday. But in the Senate package is the basically the reigning in of the governor. Now, I fully expect the governor to veto the package anyway. But nonetheless, the Senate has included in their package the ability to rein in the governor's emergency powers. Under the proposed change, the governor has 10 days from issuing an emergency executive order to get the concurrence of the majority of the Council of State, without which it would automatically expire. If the Council of State does approve an emergency declaration, it may continue for a maximum of 45 days, according to this new bill. Any emergency declaration extended beyond 45 days would require approval from majorities in the North Carolina General Assembly. Quite frankly, that is a good description of what I think when this bill was originally put into place was the intent. The intent of these emergency powers is to get us over some emergency short-term crisis. I said it before, a tornado hits, a hurricane hits, There's a a, a major catastrophe, such as a tower collapsing. The governor has 10 days to address that because we do not always have the time to go through the legislative process. So he has emergency powers. Call in the Council of State. Get them to extend it to 45 days. That gives the legislature plenty of time to come in. North Carolina is only one. Of 15 states with no time limit on an emergency declaration. This from uh, Senator Bill Rabone, who uh, is one of the sponsors, the primary sponsor of this bill. No single person should have unchecked authority to wield emergency powers for an indefinite period of time. It's inconsistent with the basic idea of representative democracy. Well, (laughs) I got news for you. Most Democrats, uh, they, they would like to undo our republic. Strong sentiments were echoed in the North Carolina House leadership this spring. House Majority Leader John Bell of Wayne County has consistently called for stronger stronger accountability going forward to avoid uh, unseen situations such as we have now with this COVID-19. As for the final passage into the law, the question of Governor Cooper's political capital and whether he has enough uh, to veto yet another budget, which... Again, I think he will veto it. Whether or not they can override the veto will remain to be seen. I don't, I don't see why it would be overridden. It's never been overridden in the past. I, uh, we will see. Some political observers have interpreted this and other politically controversial provisions of the Senate budget bill as virtually guaranteeing a veto. Others speculate that this issue in particular may animate Democrats to think in wider balance of powers' terms. Now, the Democrats aren't going to think that way. They didn't last time. The governor will do something to hold them at bay, some sort of blackmail over their heads. Ultimately, that question won't be answered until lawmakers finish the budget and send it to the governor's desk to find out. You know, what's really sad and infuriating about this is the blatant abuse of power by Cooper. Anyone with any sense of what is equitable, anyone with any sense of fairness and decency would immediately recognize that what Cooper has done is nothing short of malfeasance. Legislation that was originally formed and passed with the intention of being something that is for the good and for the safety of all North Carolinians has been turned on its head and is being used in a power-hungry way by one individual by the name of Cooper to perpetuate an agenda that a large percentage, if not a majority, of North Carolina citizens find repugnant. And this is a prime example of what John Adams meant when he said our Constitution, our way of government was only meant and could only be continued with a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And and again, what I mean by that is Governor Cooper ought to know better. He ought to know that he is here to serve the people. How How could he possibly look at his abuse of this power and say, I am doing this for the good of North Carolinians. The fact that he is still holding on to this, it's ridiculous. And yet he and uh, Joe Biden were over there in Raleigh today trying to rally the troops to go out and get more vaccinations. Uh, I don't think they would have gotten vaccinated by now. By the way, there was uh, a piece of legislation that's being proposed. See if I can find my pile here. A... uh, representative up in D.C. has uh, wanted to, uh, or is coming up with a piece of legislation that basically would make it illegal for not only governments to have a vaccine passport, but would also make it illegal for businesses to demand that you get vaccinated to come back to work. I know in particular of one uh, individual here in eastern North Carolina who has been working out of their home for some period of time now and now the business wants to bring everybody back into the office, which I understand if you're a business, that's how you, if that's how you want to operate, that's how you operate. But they're also saying but before you come back in, you have to be vaccinated. Well, this individual, he he isn't going to go there. A Republican lawmaker plans to introduce a bill sometime today to ban private businesses from mandating proof of COVID-19 vaccination for employees, saying such requirements are an inherent violation of civil civil liberties. If approved, the bill would also ban the federal government from mandating vaccine passports and uh, limit states from doing so. Quote, they're not really providing a rational basis for discriminatory discriminatory activity they're busy separating healthy people from other healthy people on the presumption that people without a vaccine are not healthy, so says Representative Warren Davidson of Ohio. It's a violation of their civil liberties. The bill, dubbed as the Vaccine Passport Prevention Act, would bar the federal government from issuing any form of vaccine passport, ban states from doing the same as a condition of receiving federal funds, and bar businesses connected to interstate commerce from requiring any patron or customer to provide any documentation certifying COVID-19 vaccinations or post-transmission recovery as a condition of service. Uh, I, I agree with this. Uh, personally, I I do not think that you should. Uh, now, I also agree that businesses ought to be able to have uh, some leeway and how they run their businesses. I don't want the government to be overly involved in dictating to uh, businesses, but uh, I I do not uh, understand how, and again, Benny and I have talked about this before, in past situations when we're fighting um, the flu and we have flu vaccines come out, if a flu vaccine comes out and you have just a few dozen people uh, die as a result of getting the vaccine, it's immediately removed from the marketplace. And until they find out, okay, what's wrong with it? And can we can we fix what's killing people? In the case of the covid-19 vaccines, we have numerous cases. uh, Children receiving the vaccines are having enlarged hearts and heart issues. We've had over, I think it's close to 4000 people who have died now who have received the vaccine. Talked about last week. Four British airline, uh, British air airline pilots, healthy, got the vaccine, and within two weeks they were all dead. And now you're mandating; these businesses are mandating, go out and get this. I mean, okay, I I realize even at four thousand deaths, the percentages overall are fairly low. But in the past, when we've had a few dozen people die from the flu vaccination. We took it off the market, and yet we're continuing not only to uh, leave it on the market, but we're continuing to encourage people to go out and get it and acting as if they're unpatriotic if they don't. Wow. Carolina Journal is also reporting Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson and the Senate top officer are calling out Charlotte Mecklenburg school leaders after the state's second largest school system paid $25,000 to a top proponent of critical race theory. You wonder whether critical race theory has come to North Carolina? Yeah, it has. The payment covered Ibram X. Kinte's virtual presentation last week at the Charlotte School District Summer Leadership Conference. Quote, this is clear and direct evidence that critical race theory is being pushed in North Carolina, so our lieutenant governor said in a statement released yesterday from the state Senate. The fact that a public school district would pay someone who chooses to teach others that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination is unimaginable. This kind of thinking does not help us move forward from the days of Jim Crow. In fact, it's leading us back to them. This makes it clear that the left is working to bring back a racial divide and not unity. It is time that we all take a stand as Americans against critical race theory. Phil Berger joined Robinson in highlighting Kinty's presentation for the Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. Quote to say, uh, critical race theory isn't in North Carolina schools. The state's second largest school district paid $25,000 for this presentation. By the way, Kinty came out today and said, oh, no, I'm not not a proponent of critical race theory. (laughs) You kidding me? He's the leading author pushing critical race theory. It's here, folks. You better pay attention what's in your school district. You better pay attention. Hey, we've got to take a time out. We come back. Civitas has got a new poll out, and people are not happy with the vice president. Uh, guess who wins in a head-to-head matchup if the election were to be held today between Kamala Harris and Donald Trump? Stay with us. We'll have that when we get back.
1: This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
0: Welcome back in. 22 minutes past the top of the hour, and the weather is looking great. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 65. Perfect. Perfect to go out to the town commons and hear some good music. Mark Miller's on the line with us from 107.9. 107. I got it. I got it. Mark, welcome back in. Big time tonight, huh?
1: Hey, Tom, man. It is a great night. We saw it last Thursday. It was great, and it was. Today is even better. There's no humidity. It's not too hot. It is the perfect summer night. We got great live music. A band is called Night Years. They're a North Carolina band. In fact, one of their lead singers was on American Idol like seven years ago. Yeah, from Goldsboro. Yeah, Uh that's right, from Goldsboro. And uh, if you followed her back then, you can cheer her on right now. She's doing great. And uh, this band is a party band. We talk about liquid pleasure kind of playing stuff from every decade, right? Right. There's a similar vibe about this band. They're going to get you up. They're going to get you moving. They're going to sound incredible here at the uh, Greenville Toyota Amphitheater. And uh, you're going to do some dancing. It's going to be a good night.
0: So if you had to give a couple of their songs that they're going to lead with, what I mean, we're talking about 60s, 70s, 80s music or all kinds? You're going to
1: get, like, they'll go anywhere from uh, Bruno Mars to Michael Jackson to, like, if they want to slow it down, they'll go down to, like, the 60s. They'll go, you pick a decade, they're going to pick your favorite songs from them, and... uh, Blow your mind, actually. If you haven't heard them before, they're a really, really fun band, and they got the brass section. They got this a big band too. Wow! Uh, They've got about there's like ten deep. Uh, They're on the uh, Greenville Toyota Amphitheater tonight, so So they
0: hit the stage at six o'clock.
1: That is correct. Get here a little bit before though, because you know the seats fill up fast. We got a nice crowd here already, and we have got food trucks. People are lining up to make some orders at all the food trucks right there on First Street you got the adult beverages. You want to get here. You want to get yourself your food, get set, and then uh, have a seat when it starts at 6 o'clock. Get right. here as soon as you can.
0: And Mark Miller is down there giving out autographs. So <laughs> I, I will sign things. I,
1: well, I mean, in theory. Like, okay, as long, it's long as it's not a check, thing, right? It's never actually, actually happened. Uh, but in theory, uh, if someone asked for it, I would totally give it.
0: The- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks for that.
1: Have fun tonight. We'll
0: see you down you there. Bet. Sounds great. Sounds All right. Nice. There you go. Majesty Rose and uh, Night Years hitting the stage in about uh, 35 minutes down at the Town Common. Hey, don't forget, it is political trivia. We'll play in about 15 minutes. Your category, James Buchanan. I test drove the question. It went quick. All right. So, I'm just telling you, if you're going to hang around and wait until you're like the eighth caller, you're probably not going to win. It's going to go quick. We'll plan a little bit. Uh, By the way, weather and your uh, updated concert report brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Golf and Country Club voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees, call 252-752-4653, find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. 252-752-4653, be a part of the best Ironwood golf and country club. And I'm telling you, uh, if you love golf, Ironwood is in excellent shape. I mean, it is so lush. They've just redone the cart fast. They've just redone the uh, bunkers and the greens and the tea boxes and the fair. uh, It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like five-star resort. Uh, go out and have a good time. Um, Civitas has come out with a new poll. Rather interesting. Now, The next presidential election is eons away. In in political years, it's decades away. But uh, nonetheless, the latest Civitas poll found that a narrow majority of likely voters disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing. With 46 approval, 48 disapproval, 4% refused to say. They probably just hung up on him. Approval was highest in the Raleigh-Durham area. The lowest marks for—maybe this is a reflection of the fact that we're constantly (laughs) putting Joe Biden under the microscope. Maybe it's because here on News and Views, we've been calling him Cousin Eddie for the last 10, 12 years. his, His lowest approval comes from the coastal part of the state. That's us. Maybe we're having an impact. As the school year comes to a close and a debate over the teaching of critical race theory, a majority of likely voters are unhappy with the direction of education in North Carolina. Likely voters across the state were asked whether they believed in education in North Carolina, whether it was headed in the right direction or on the wrong track. 55% of those surveys said they believe education was on the wrong track. Twenty-six said it was headed in the right direction. That's that's a that's a pretty hefty shift. I mean, and the and the balance, you know, they didn't respond. The disapproval for education was even stronger among parents with school-age children. Now they're the ones that are really going to be paying attention, and they're the ones you really have to take note of. I mean, I I'll, mean, I'll, let's face it: a lot of us that don't have kids in school are not going to be paying as close attention as those with school-age kids. Parents with school-age kids said 69% said, no, the education in North Carolina is not going in the right direction. 69%. It's no surprise that so many North Carolinians believe that education is on the wrong track. They want a public education system laser focused on academic excellence but too often find schools committed to ideological conformity and left-wing political mobilization, said Terry Stoops, director of the John Locke Foundation Center for Effective Education. Uh yeah. Uh Terry. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Respondents were also asked if they believe classroom instruction in local kindergarten through 12th grades has become more or less political. A clear majority, 65%, stated they believe classrooms have become more political in the last five years, whereas only 4% believe classrooms have become less political. 65 to 4%, 13% said they don't say any difference. Uh, The public perception of politicalization in the classroom is unmistakable and could have an impact on the high level of dissatisfaction, Stoops went on to say. Respondents were then asked about their support for a recently proposed bill in North Carolina General Assembly that would require teachers to post copies of lesson plans used during the prior school year. A plurality of 43 percent of those surveys expressed their support for such a bill. 34 opposed, 14 were unsure. A June Civitas poll conducted by single on behalf of John Locke also surveyed likely voters in uh, gauging their perspective on personal finances and taxes when asked their opinion on which states were the most competitive those with higher or lower taxes 51% said they believe states with lower taxes were more competitive 15% said they believe with states with higher taxes were more more competitive those 15% probably work for the government just saying. The survey then sought to understand voters perception on recently introduced tax reform bill in the state Senate, which uh, would lower the personal income tax and eliminate corporate income tax by 2028. Among other things, majorities of Republicans, 67 percent and unaffiliated voters, 50 percent, and a plurality of Democrats, 42 vo- percent, voiced their support for such a bill. Um now this. Now we get to the interesting part. Uh, the um, the other part. Now this is in a whole different uh, poll. This is out of just the news, and this was a poll by McLaughlin and Associates. And this deals more with the vice president. While Biden's popularity is in decline. His vice president may be even in worse shape, so says Just the News. The vice president's handling of illegal immigration crisis as the administration's borders are, and a widely widely panned trip to Guatemala and Mexico City earlier this month appear to have taken a poll on her image. According to the most recent survey, she is now underwater, 47% rating her favorably, 48% unfavorably. Among those with strong opinions about her, the numbers are especially bleak. 38% taking a very unfavorable view of her, just 27 with a ver- very favorable view of her. Now, this is where it gets interesting. If there was a head-to-head matchup today between... The vice president, now this would be for president, between Kamala Harris. And by the way, interesting caveat to all this, even though her approval rating is on the decline, 64% of respondents to this survey said they believe that Kamala Harris will be president before the end of Joe Biden's four-year term, even amongst Biden-specific voters say 51% of those voters say Harris will be president before 2024. So with that in mind, if she were to be running head-to-head with Donald Trump, Trump wins 49% to 45%. I know, I I know. It's a long, long way away. But not looking good for Cousin Eddie because we don't even think he's going to be president. Not looking good for Kamala Harris, the laughing hyena. Meghan McCain had some interesting things. Yeah, there she goes. There, there, there she goes, flying by. <laughs> Megan McCain. Boy, she went after Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden is doing... Joe Biden and Catholicism and the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has been in the news a lot. We've talked about it. The bishops voted overwhelmingly, 70-some percent, to uh, agree that politicians who embrace unbiblical views of marriage and sexuality, as well as those who are pro-abortion, should be barred from taking the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, which is a, a big deal in Catholicism. Uh, we mentioned this guy Huffman from California, mentioned a couple of days ago how he wants to propose legislation that would take away the tax-exempt status of the Catholic Church in retaliation. Uh, By the way, remember, we do have um, a First Amendment, which the Constitution does protect the uh, rights of uh, free religion, and the government will make no laws concerning religion or the practice thereof. But this this guy wants to pass something on that. Uh, and by the way, this guy Huffman—he's—I uh, mean—he's the biggest atheist coming down the pike. He wants to do everything he can to basically annihilate, and, uh, smash the church. Um, but Megan McCain came out on the View. I, I don't like to quote the View, but every now and then, I mean, even a broken clock is white right uh, twice a day. Uh, McCain criticized Joe Biden's position on abortion, saying it is illogical to personally oppose the procedure while supporting its legalization. If you, this is her, this is Meghan McCain, John McCain's uh, daughter. If you are a devout Catholic, as President Biden claims to be, abortion is a cardinal sin, she said. It can do deep spiritual harm to you. His official stance, by the way, he is politically opposed or personally opposed to abortion, but doesn't feel that he had the right to impose this view on the rest of the country. For someone who claims to be pro life, I never understand this argument. Now, he certainly wants to impose his view on eliminating the Hyde Amendment. I mean, he's, he says, personally, I am opposed to abortion, but he wants to eliminate the Hyde Amendment. Why are you willing to impose that, Joe, but you're not willing to impose your your, quote, pro-life ideology? Which is a joke. We know where your ideology is. Quote, it's, it, uh, she goes on to say, it's like saying, I'm personally opposed to murder, but if you want to murder just a little bit, it's fine because it's not my problem. It doesn't register with me. I don't get it. If he's for federal funding of abortion, as far as I'm concerned, abortion is murder, and that means government funding of killing of the unborn, and we have to, as pro-lifers, fight for the rights of the unborn, she said. She goes on to say, he's walking a very fine line here, and ultimately, all of these issues are literally life and death for Catholics, for devout Christians, and he's going to ultimately—this is where she—she she actually played the part of Nathan the prophet here—he's actually going to ultimately have to talk to his Creator when the time comes, as we all do, and reconcile his politics with his personal faith. Wow. <laughs> I'm, frankly, I'm not a big Megan McCain fan— but you go, girl. You go. Hey, let's lighten things up. Let's have some fun and play some political trivia, shall we? 561 8255. Five. Got a great great prize package with probably 150 buckaroonies. Your category, James Buchanan. It's going to go fast, so give us a call. 561 8255. Five. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. Time for a little political trivia. Your category, James Buchanan. And today's prize package, we've got a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis' East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a coach. Got a gift certificate to University PC Care. We've got a $20 gift card to the Pirates Cove Car Wash. We've got a proud uh, partner there in the ECU Curtis Car Program. A gift card for a free round of golf at Ironwood. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, US 70 West in Havelock. And a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies remember if you or anyone in your media family have won recently let 60 days pass before you play again up first from winterville we've got ray on the line hey ray hey tom how you doing i'm doing well so uh, you think you know something about james buchanan no was the president there you go well that's not the question <laughs> here's your question james buchanan The 15th president of the United States from 1857 to 1861, he remains the only president to be elected from Pennsylvania, unless you count Joe Biden. But there's another interesting bit of unique trivia about James Buchanan that can only be said of him and no other president. What is that bit of trivia? Well, one
1: thing I ever heard about him that he was... uh... You know, openly gay and rumored to be gay the whole
0: time he was president. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> that is a rumor, but uh, that is not what we're looking for. And at this point, I think that's still just a rumor. But
1: uh, I would well, say, he, I would he say... He can't lived with the same guy, you know, 30 uh, years. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that's... <laughs>
0: that is not what we're looking for, but but you 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 actually have sort of cracked the do the door open on the answer, Ray. So uh, you know I'll, I'll tip my hat to you, but uh, that's not the answer we're looking for. But that's a pretty strong hint, Ray. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Chaka Winnity and Ron. Hey, Ron.
1: Hey, I tell you what, I I lucked out. Thank you, Ray.
0: What do you think the was, answer is?
1: He's the only bachelor ever elected. The only single president.
0: Bingo! And, and by right. the way, th- that's that's it. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, an interesting little additional piece of trivia: there was a woman by the name of Anne Coleman who he was engaged to, but she died before they were going to get married. So, don't know about the the rumor, but. Uh, Uh, Ron, you got it. That's it. Uh, Congratulations. I knew we'd go quick. Hang on the line. Clark's going to get all your information. we got a boatload of goodies to get out to you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views
1: on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
0: Congratulations to Ron Hasselbin of Chakawinity. He got it right. James Buchanan remains the only president to be a lifelong bachelor. And uh, Ray, th- 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 there are rumors out there that, oh uh, that uh, James Buchanan might have been switch hitting. <laughs> uh, Nancy Pelosi ever eager to paint those on the political right as racist, declared that the root causes of January 6th, the Capitol siege, were, was, it was very simple. It was white supremacy, anti-Semitism, and Islamophobia. Here's what she said when a reporter asked, is there a timeline that you want this committee to have the final report to you? Who will this committee report to, and what does the final report look like?
1: As it takes for them The time they need to do the investigation of the causes of this. There are two actual uh, paths. One is about the root causes of it. The white supremacy, the anti-Semitism, the Islamophobia, all the rest of it that was so evident when you see a sweatshirt on one of the people saying, Camp Auschwitz. The other is the... Security of the Capitol and what it, what it means to be ready for such an insurrection. While I think we could have been better prepared, I don't think anybody would have foreseen an insurrection incited by the President of the United States.
0: Well, there were a lot of people that foresaw saw it, and there were a lot of people that came to you, Queen Nancy, and said, you better increase security. You better call in the National Guard, and you didn't do it. But, you know, the other interesting thing is why, I mean, you appear to have the answer. Why why do you have this committee? Why are you going to say, look, they'll end up spending in excess of a million dollars on this investigation. Guarantee it. She already knows the answer. She just said it. According to her, it was white supremacy, anti-Semitism, and Islamophobia. And speaking of anti-Semitism, the the leading anti-Semites are Democrats. So are you going to use this report to uh, get rid of uh, some of these anti-Semites? I mean, they're they're in your party. But why bother having an investigation? According to you, you already know the answer. Joe Biden today announced the White House has struck an infrastructure deal with a bipartisan group of senators after weeks of painstaking back-and-forth negotiations. Look, I— I don't have I've not seen the details the details haven't been released. They've got some general numbers here. Some of these numbers you wonder what the heck does that mean? They've got 47 billion in the uh, spending proposal. 47 billion is under the title of resilience. What the blankety blank does that mean? Um you've got broadband infrastructure 65 billion water infrastructure 55 billion infrastructure financing 20 billion i guess we got we got to, we've got to go out and borrow 20 billion dollars to pay for the financing of the money that we don't have that we're going to spend on this roads bridges and uh, other major projects 109 billion Rail service, $66 billion. so it's, it's fairly, but again, resilience, 47000000000 billion. I'm not sure what that means. Um, here's the thing. When there's give and take in these things, the Republicans always get screwed. And you're going to have to find out what the fine print says. But at the end of the day, the Republicans and the taxpayers will get screwed. It's just that simple. It always happens that way. Uh, Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who met with Biden on Wednesday night, have indicated they will support a bipartisan plan. But with the caveat that Democrats independently pursue a larger reconciliation package that includes trillions in funding for issues like elder and child care, education, health care and climate change. Trillions, not billions, but trillions. So basically what they've done is in the name of—because, look, this package as it was, was not getting any traction, was never going to get through Congress. And the American people saw uh, right—most of the American people that are informed saw right through it that what it was, it was a package that would—and look, even in this infrastructure package, the biggest uh, financial windfall is going to go to unions— But now they're coming out and saying, okay, well, we've we got to have another package that will really be for all the goodies that we want. But here's the thing. They call it a reconciliation package. This is not a reconciliation package. You know, reconciliation is the way they get their pet projects through with just 50 votes in the Senate instead of 60. Reconciliation, essentially, a way Congress uh, enacts legislation on taxes, spending, and the debt limit with only a majority of 51 votes. In this case, it would be all the Democrats plus the uh, vice president. Since it's first use in 1980, reconciliation has been used to enact 22 bills as of April of 2021. But listen, this the, the whole idea of reconciliation is, okay— we're we're gonna change major things in the way we operate our finances. Or this is something to finance the debt. But more and more, and the Democrats especially are use they, they just come out with this, okay, we're gonna call it a reconciliation package. We're gonna label it as that so we can introduce legislation. That gives goodies to all our pet pet projects. And we only have to get 50 votes in the Senate. It's a sham. It's a total sham. Well, we talked about Shelton Whitehouse and his super exclusive all-white beach club his family belongs to. He was actually confronted, and this is what he said, this is cut to, this is when Shelton Whitehouse was confronted about this in a, in a recent interview, this is what he said about the beach
1: club. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Baileys Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse, now your family's been members, your wife is one of the largest shareholders, has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that and i'm sorry it hasn't happened yet um do you have concerns in 2021 i mean obviously it's been four years you had remarks on the floor following the deaths of brianna taylor and george floyd saying you know hoping to root out systemic racism in the country um your thoughts on an elite all-white wealthy club again in this day and age um you know should these clubs continue to exist it's a long tradition in rhode island and there are many of them uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you.
0: What's well, really interesting about the, the video on that, when Shelton Whitehouse was first uh, starting to do this interview, he had this big, gawky grin on his face, like, oh, yeah, okay, here's here's somebody from the liberal media is going to kiss my butt. And boy, his his countenance changed quite significantly when he was asked about this all-white beach club. Uh, but the bad news for Shelton Whitehouse is that's not the only all-white club. He's a member of. He's also a member of a sailing club. Uh, this particular sailing club is uh, actually has listed as one of the commodores from 1937 to 1940. Uh, it is a guy named Shelton Whitehouse. Apparently, it was uh, the senator's grandfather. So, anyway, uh, Shelton Whitehouse, who is all about uh, racial equality wanted to eliminate uh, systemic racism after the George Floyd deal. Uh, An all-white beach club, an all-white sailing club, seems to me a good example of systemic racism. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: All right, all right, all right.